We're continuing this series on Jesus and the Ten Commandments. And such good fortune for me to preach about Sabbath when our senior pastor is celebrating Sabbath. He's taking rest and renewal. And it's also appropriate that I have this particular topic because, well, I'm a recovering workaholic. Well, not really always recovering, sometimes. You know, in my own life, rest is not something I excel at. Uh, My husband is not particularly good at it. Um, We have both had our seasons where we've had to learn to back up and go, wait a minute, is this healthy for us? And I'm sure some of you know about that as well. But God tells Moses this fourth commandment, and I'm going to read the two versions of it. The first one is Exodus 20. And it's verse 8, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And then the, the version we also see in Deuteronomy, which I guess God wanted to make sure we got it because he gave them to us twice, once in Exodus and then again in, in Deuteronomy. I guess he was like, make sure you get these. So Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 12, observe the Sabbath day. By keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. And um, I wanted to look at both of these a little bit because he goes further, God goes further to say that this is also about not just the Israelites, the Hebrew people, but it's the servants and it's the animals and it's the guests in their homes. And so in the Exodus passage, though, there's a different word. Because God tells us to remember, remember the Sabbath by keeping it holy. And Deuteronomy tells us to observe the Sabbath and keep it holy. Remember and keep. Remember and keep. Why would there be a difference in the words? Why would there be a difference in the translations? But I did a little study on this. So remember is God telling us that he is a God of creation and a God of history. And I think those are really two cool things that I didn't know about this passage. God is telling us we are to pause and remember our great creator. So we pause and remember what God did in six days in creating all of the wonder of our earth. And then he rested on the seventh day. Now, we know it's not because God needed rest. And we also know God didn't need a nap. I always need a nap. But he reflected on that seventh day of the goodness of what he had created. And how often do we all stop and pause and reflect on all the goodness God has created? There's a lot of things, aren't there? But you can start making your list in your head of all the good God has created. But as the God of history, God of history, we're called to remember that we're not to forget what happened to the Israelites who suffered the abuse at the hand of the Egyptians. And so in Exodus 2.24, God heard the moaning of the people and God remembered his covenant 
with Abraham, with Isaac, and Jacob. And he saw the Israelites, and God knew. So that's the other part of remembering. We remember God as creator, and we remember the God of history, who what he did in saving the Israelites from the horrible plight that they had become. Now, God just did not want any of us to forget those things. So the Sabbath was the way of us stopping and remembering. Now, when we move to the other passage in Deuteronomy about keeping, we're taught to keep the Sabbath. And that refers to us being able to honor it and to mark the Sabbath as a time of rest, a time of renewal, and a time of restoration. So the bottom line is finding our rest. Now, I bet all of us are really good at filling up our days, going here and going there, and we may be serving one place, or we may be doing something else, and we spend time with the things and the places and the people instead of filling our time with space for a holy God. I love this quote from theologian and preacher Eugene Peterson. He, uh, he was the man that wrote the message, trans- the paraphrase, the message translation. And he says, I most certainly continue to flee the presence of the Lord, for that is one place where I am sure to be exposed as a pretender. Let me say that again. I will most certainly continue to flee the presence of the Lord, for that is one place where I am sure to be exposed as a pretender. Do you think we do that? Do we sometimes keep ourselves so full of other things, and they might be good things, that we don't spend time alone with our great God, our creator, Does alone time with the Lord intimidate you? Does it cause you to have concern about time that is just spent in quiet or rest? Or do you have to be constantly entertained by TV or music or something else? I'm guilty. I like noise at home. And I'm not sure that I'm actually listening to it, but it's kind of a a space filler. Now, sometimes I really do love silence. But the quiet can become deafening. That noise of the TV. True confession, Chicago PD was on all day today. Did I, could I tell you what anything happened? Nope. But I was, my mind was everywhere else, but it was noise. Now, I said I'm a recovering workaholic. Some days. Some days I'm a recovering workaholic. I love to be busy and productive and in the mix with other people. Now, this isn't new to my full-time vocation in ministry. This was my days in corporate marketing. I was sometimes the first person there and sometimes the last one to leave. That happened a lot. And then I'd go home and I'd eat something really fast and I'd collapse and I'd do it all over again. Was it healthy? No. Was it fulfilling? Well, sometimes. 
I felt really good about something I'd accomplished, but it could be very overwhelming too. And at the, po- at the time, what was the point? I got my paycheck, maybe a promotion, maybe a bonus. You know, that's kind of the things that drive us to keep, our, keep things going. Full-time ministry can actually be no different. There's always something else you want to accomplish. And honestly, in my life, I have never been as concerned about self-care as I am since I entered full-time ministry because we as pastors, we as people in clergy have to be able to make good decisions and good choices. Can you show the graphic with the cup, please? You can't pour from an empty cup. Take care of yourself first. And that's really hard to do. I'm terrible at it. Truly, I am terrible at it. But I'm learning. And sometimes you learn the hard way when things either fall apart or you've burned out. Or whatever it happens to be, if you realize that we can't keep up, we can't pour from an empty cup, it is that simple. God knows that, and that is our primary charge for taking a Sabbath. Our bodies, every single one of us has an expiration date. It's not just the yogurt in your refrigerator. It is up to all of us to take care of ourselves so that while we're in this earthly body, until such a time comes when we're called to our heavenly body, we are able to do the things that we're called to do. And if we don't, most likely something will give out. Our health, physical and mental health, our relationships with significant others, our families, And most of all, our faith will suffer. And that's where God says to us, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. So many of you may be saying, hey, Ellen, I'm retired. I don't have to worry about that. My time is all about doing things that I want to do. But that doesn't mean you give up time for restoration and renewal. How many of you could line up what you do in a week, even though they may be all good things, like serving at the pantry or at bargains and blessings or being a mentor, but you still have to carve out time for rest? It makes me wonder why we avoid it. Why do we avoid rest? Of course, many of us remember a time when things weren't as... um, busy. Shall we say, that's maybe one way to put it. There weren't soccer matches every night of the week or on Sundays or Saturdays or something that kept you going seven days a week or, or um, kids didn't have to be here or there. We all had a time where we remember where it was kind of a little easier And we now have all these schedules that we have to keep. 
So if we avoid quiet time with God, we avoid this time of Sabbath, are we afraid that we'll miss out on something if we carve out that restful time? Are you, are you concerned if you stop and slow down that you won't get back going again? Or if you avoid time with God because it might make you aware of things that you need to confess or things that God is calling you to do? Sometimes we all get called to do something and we're like, oh God, please don't ask me to do that. But usually we hear that when it's quiet. For me, I think some of it has to do with my own insecurities. Maybe if I'm unavailable, I won't get asked again. Maybe others will forget about me. Maybe someone else can do what I do better. And that's not the healthy way God wants me to live either. God calls us to a holy functional life in him and God calls us to work for the days that are designated and to rest on the seventh. Some of us have problems saying no. I have been that person. I am married to that person. He used to say yes to everything and everybody. And he did that for a long time. And it led to a crash. And the crash wasn't pretty. Now he has some boundaries around his time because there comes a point when your physical body and your mental health suffer and then you're not help to anybody, especially yourself. Now I want to show you this uh, meme about uh, Elijah. This is hilarious to me. This is your gentle reminder that one time in the Bible, Elijah was like, God, I'm so mad I want to die. So God said, here's some food. Why don't you take a nap? So Elijah slept, ate, and decided things weren't so bad. Never underestimate the power of a nap and a snack. <laughs> Truly. 1 Kings chapter 19, Elijah had become worn out and frustrated. His mental health was suffering. He was depressed. He wanted to crawl under a ca in the cave and just give out. And he begged God to take him. And then God gave him some food and a nap. And he went on. Never underestimate the power of a nap and a snack. So take a Sabbath. Take a rest. You may be saying, now, Ellen, this is Old Testament. We don't like the Old Testament. And this is where I'm going to rely on the, the words of my friend Dick Clark, who was a member here of our congregation for many years, who recently went to his heavenly body. He said, the Old Testament is everything. The Old Testament is everything. It's what teaches us about Jesus and why he did what he did for each and every one of us. Because Jesus followed the Hebrew law. And he knew that the Sabbath was set aside for remembering and for keeping. Now, how would Jesus respond to this fourth commandment of keeping a Sabbath holy? So in Matthew 8, I think we have the scripture here. Okay, maybe we don't. Uh, suddenly... 
A furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. Jesus was sleeping. He took naps. If Jesus took naps, then we all need naps, right? He took time away from his people. He took time to pray. He took time to just be with the Father and listen. And if Jesus needed time to be with his Father, then we all need that same time to refuel. I want to be like Jesus, so I love naps. In fact, many of you have heard me say before that naps are holy. And I love that because I just stand on it. Naps are holy. And I tried to get one of these t-shirts for this week, if you could show that. Jesus took naps, be like Jesus. And I couldn't get it in time. Otherwise, you would have seen me wearing a Jesus took naps shirt. I know that that's what the Lord God Almighty wants for me. And if you think that it's really not mentioned in Scripture about rest, I want to remind you of Matthew eleven twenty nine, where Jesus says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And then in Psalm 23, and I, I know that I read this a lot, but I never get tired of the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters and he restores my soul. Our good shepherd invites us to rest. So let's not turn down the offer. And I'm going to challenge all of us. And this is a lot pointed at me, as well as a challenge for you. What are things that give you rest and renewal and joy? I hope that you will plan your next Sabbath rest. It gives God joy to know that you are worshiping him in community and to know that you are doing things that give joy to your soul. What if you turned off the TV? What if you turned off social media for a day and the news? What if you allowed your Sabbath rest to be restful in a world that has so much noise? How would that feel? It's a challenge to me and to each of you to determine how you will spend your Sabbath. Delight God by attending worship. But what will you do with the rest? Let's pray. God of the Sabbath, you truly do want rest and renewal for your people. You designed us to be in need of that great rest. So I pray that you will speak to each of us and help us and encourage us to be focused on that time of Sabbath with you.
give us the courage to take that time. Give us the plan that we will have that will bring joy to you and rest for our souls. And we ask this in Jesus' name.